Good morning. It is around 7.30 on Sunday, December, what, 8th, I guess? 7th, 8th, 8th, I think. 30 degrees. I remember I was talking just a few days ago about how I don't think this is ever going to happen. I don't think we're ever going to see winter. Oh, here it is. Oh, it may not be snowing, but the weather outside is frightful. We've had a bunch of rain, and uh, like I said, 30 degrees, 20 degree drop in uh, temperature for the time since Friday. No sky. I mean, it's just gray from corner to corner, like chapter one from Wizard of Oz. So, that's fun. Uh, I didn't have a morning walk yesterday, and I honestly cannot think of a reason why. I just, just didn't feel it. I lacked my motivation yesterday. I only got about 500 words. And the reason for that is I was working on the hour rather than word count. Uh, Doggy says good morning. Uh, I generally like to think of it as thousand words a day, but uh, more honestly, it's I've got one hour to write, and I've got to write during that hour, and uh, so, yeah, I uh, sat down to write, and it was just a lot more difficult than normal. It's not that the subject matter was very difficult. I try to make sure that if I'm not interested... I just don't write it, but uh, just couldn't seem to uh, pound the keys out, get all the words done. I got 500 and it was like pulling teeth and took a full hour and then I just moved on. Didn't even get a walk yesterday because I was just, just really not feeling it. Allie's birthday was a couple of days ago, and I really did try to make it special. She said several times that it was really nice, so I guess I did all right. The, uh, the Cruzans and Paulette met us at the Pennsylvania Dutch uh, market in Annapolis. Allie, I don't know if you know this is uh, from Pennsylvania, and she has an affinity for the uh, Germanic cuisine. So, so that was nice. Had sausages and sauerkraut, I think. I had a BLT. Uh, and that was cool. We talked about westerns and stuff. And then uh, when we went back home, we uh, 
that and played card games for a while. Played Bloom and Alley One, which makes sense, I think. I think Alley One, I'm pretty sure. And then uh, we played the Witches game. Now that we've got a better idea for how it works, we've gotten a lot better at it. Been, a, been able to hit our stride, as it were, and really enjoy it. Uh, oh, I just realized something. I forgot to turn off Bluetooth, so we may not have the full 40 minutes of recording. I apologize for that. I would turn it off, except I'm not entirely sure how to get out of the recording part from Google Glass without shutting off a recording. So, sorry, we're just gonna have to make it short. Uh, anyway, Jacob Cruzan made a hamburger cake. I'm not kidding, it actually looked like a hamburger, giant hamburger. And that was pretty awesome. It was made out of white cake and chocolate cake and peanut butter and jelly. And if the idea of a peanut butter and jelly cake sounds horrific to you, well, welcome to me three days ago. Anyway, um, but it was awesome. Kids seem to have a lot of fun. And uh, Allie seemed to like her presents. We got her a uh, butter pot and some earrings. Butter pot employs some strange usage of water and ceramic architecture that I do not understand, but somehow it keeps butter soft and rancid free despite being left out uh, left on the counter for days at a time so I have no idea how that works but looking forward to finding out of course Allie understands it and she was pretty happy with that we got her a uh, sewing box as well just like a fish and tackle box, but much, much smaller. Apparently, even she didn't know how much smaller it was. So I think that she was a little underwhelmed by that. Well, can't, can't hit them out of the park on all of them. The Cruzans got her this amazing, uh, this really heavy, expensive, leather-bound book of uh, Firefly, which has all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff, like the Monkey Shines kidnapping, and uh, it's got the uh, scripts from all of the episodes. Because I think they're all of them. We'll have to check and see if, you know, like, the ones that didn't make it are in there. Heart of Gold and Objects in Space, that kind of thing. I love the character Jubal Early. 
love him. He is awesome. Am I a lion? I suppose I have a mighty roar. Uh, anyway, what else? That was Friday night. Saturday, we went to the kids' uh, version of my office party, which was pretty cool. They have it at Dave & Buster's. We found a game that we're all pretty good at, and so we got lots and lots and lots of tickets, which means almost nothing in what we'd actually buy with it, but but it was fun, and that is the goal. Morning. Felt kind of bad that guy crossed the other side of the street just so our dogs didn't run into each other. I was figuring they're both small dogs, not a real problem. If I had known, I'd have crossed instead. Oh well. Uh, let's see. Oh, so uh, the company had asked us beforehand. They have a uh, Santa comes in and distributes gifts to all the kids. And uh, they asked us beforehand what we should, uh, I mean, what she would want to get, what the EP would want for Christmas. And so we knew we were getting her this uh, game system. One of those collectible, put this piece on the platform and then you've got a different kind of video game kind of platforms. Come here, puppy. Come here, buddy. Perfect. Sit. Stay. Good boy. Stay. Stay. Good puppy. Okay. Uh, so, we told them, you want to get one of the uh, little action figures that goes along with this game system, and that way we knew that she would have the, uh, <clears throat> we knew that it would fit with the system that was coming. What we totally forgot was that we haven't opened her actual presence yet. And so, one of the nice things about Christmas is that it seems to be infinitely malleable. Turns out you start talking about Krampus and St. Nicholas Day and all that, and we found a perfectly good excuse for why Santa would give her her biggest present three weeks early. So she got her new game system, and she had it all of an hour before we said, okay, let's get up, we're going to a party. <laughs> uh, she was, honestly, it's a testament to how mature the little girl is that she put it away and said, all right, fine, we'll go do something else. 
because I'll tell you, she has the same addictive personality with regards to video games that Allie and I do, where you can just sit down and lose a few hours. So uh, we've been working on not really weaning her off of it, but making her realize that she's doing it. For instance, we took the video game. I mean, she had an Xbox and a computer in her room. We uh, took the Xbox out, took it downstairs, so and the Nintendo DS, so she can only play when she's in the living room. I know there are a lot of families who swear by that for the computer, for for child safety, that kind of thing. But we're not quite at that point yet. By that I mean she only has a few applications that she knows how to run. And none of those have very strong online components. So, so we know she's safe there. Um, anyway, so she has to come downstairs to uh, play her video games, which means she has to play her video games in full sight of everybody else. And thus, she uh, can't really lose herself in the games the way you can when you're all alone. We've noticed that when she goes off to play for a few hours, she's often very surly, argumentative, and difficult when she comes back. So, so yeah. Putting it in the living room makes it harder for her to lose herself in that. And hopefully, as the years go by, we'll be able to raise awareness so that she'll be able to know, all right, I can take a few hours and play the games, but I have to realize that I am taking a few hours to play the games. Set an alarm or something. and have the willpower to say, okay, it's time to stop playing. Anyway, so yeah, um, I gotta hand it to her. I was very proud of her when we told her it's time to go. She got up and she put her toys away. And uh, then we went to the party. She said, how do we know if it's the real Santa? And I'll say, well, you just got that new game system, so if he gives you the same game system, you'll know he's not talking to the real Santa. So that's one way of making sure. And she said, oh, that's good. Maybe I can trick him into doing it. And so, of course, when the uh, Santa at the party gave her something that dovetails perfectly with the toy that she had already gotten just that day. Well, that just guaranteed it, solidified in her mind, this is definitely the real Santa. And after that, she got all nervous. It was cute. And uh, so yeah, then we went to play Dave and Buster's. And, uh, found this incredibly simple game. They just have a, uh, flat 
flat panel game like the old Galaga or Pac-Man games that are tabletop type of games with four positions people could sit at. And um, fish. It's like looking down through a glass bottom boat and fish were swimming back and forth. And uh, you had a little harpoon gun and you were trying to get the, uh, I mean, you're basically fishing, spear fishing, <sighs> trying to get the greatest amount of poundage, I guess. So it wasn't just a question of how many fish you got, it was a question of how big they were. And uh, I snagged a whale, which got me 60 tickets. And then uh, I, oh, I got the magic jellyfish. There's a treasure chest in the middle of the thing that has a, it only opens occasionally and has a jellyfish that swims around it. I hit that and got a thousand points, a thousand coupons, whatever. You know, even as I'm saying this, I know that Paula Jackson is listening in and she is a uh, vegetarian for largely moral reasons. And so every time I say things like leather-bound book or basically a spear fishing game, I always have that slight twinge of, sorry. <sighs> I'm only sorry because we care about her. And to a lesser extent, because I like living things. Anyway, I'm not getting into that debate here all by myself. So anyway, we went back home. EP played with her toy some more. I paid bills. We all took naps. Oh! No, before that, we had to uh, take the dogs and the cat to get their shots. And that was kind of eventful. I mean, as you know, the dogs are pretty well behaved. And this was no exception. They handled the vets very well. Very proud of my puppies. Yes, you are a good puppy. Uh, the cat was not fond of being put in the carrier, was not fond of, actually she didn't mind the carrier so much. She was not fond of driving the car, started doing the yowling. She uh, didn't want to get out of the carrier once we got to the vet. I kept trying to pull her out and she was fighting me so much I started thinking of that scene from... City slickers where Billy Crystal's trying to birth a calf, just reaching in and trying to pull her out without, you know, hurting her. In the end, we took the top off of the carrier. And then she was, you know, pretty much okay. So, yeah, we got them their shots and now everybody's caught up. 
And then we went home and then we took our naps and all of that and paid bills and everything. We, uh, as we were having dinner, we watched Time Bandits. And I tried to restrain myself from being annoying with saying like, that guy right there, he's one of the Monty Python guys. That guy right there, he's nearly Headless Nick. Yeah, Robin Hood. The EP doesn't mind it, but Allie says that it's one of the annoying things she's gotten used to about me. So, yeah, trying to curtail that. I was thinking at the end, and I know people hate reboots and sequels and stuff, but I'll admit, Hollywood's beaten me down. And I think it was Star Wars that did it. I no longer see the movies of my childhood as being static and untouchable and, and as amazing as they are. I mean, I can watch them get choked up, but I know they don't mean anything to the current crop of consumers. So, I had to let that go. I had to let go of the last, star, last Starfighter. I had to let go of Clash of the Titans. I swear to God, if they make a quickly down under, I'm like, yeah. no, no, I'm cool. Anyway. So I accept that these things are going to happen. Having accepted it, I started thinking about how you would do a sequel to Time Bandits. I picture young Kevin tracks down a strange firefighter who showed some kindness to him outside the house. And being an orphan, needed help finding his way. And so, he's brought up by the kindly old firefighter, Sean Connery. who unlike his years past vaguely mythical predecessor did not actually want him to live with him and teach him sword fighting and statesmanship statesmanship but instead taught him that there's Nothing so odd, nothing so strange in the world. Which Kevin rails against, of course. Because he remembers the little man who, who changed his life so profoundly. He remembers the casual indifference 
of a loving God. And he remembers that evil was very real and was only a first attempt. So as he grows, becomes a history professor, he teaches his kids that the world is bigger and stranger than they can ever imagine. And that evil is very real. So when evil captures him as one of the only people, I'm sorry, kidnaps the children and tells him that as one of the only people who truly believes that this is real, he's the only one who can get that secret thing that would release evil, the map. And that the Supreme Being, played by Ian McClellan now, would staunchly refuse any help as being ridiculous. I mean, God stepped in, what would be the point? He does, however, willingly give the map to Kevin as a memento. Not even sure half the holes even work anymore. There's new ones cropping up all the time. Must get down to customer service to find out what that's all about. Anyway, hey, I just got the uh, low battery warning. So, there was something else I wanted to mention, something important. And I don't want to get cut off, so I'm going to say it quick. Yesterday, I got 500 words done in an hour because I was using a standard word processor. I was using Scrivener to do my writing and all the motivation was based on me. Today, I got 1,500 words written in 40 minutes because I used write or die. I don't have it on the most stringent options, but I'm telling you right now, having that timer makes a huge difference. And if you get a chance, you should definitely check it out. Just Google write or die. You'll find it. So, anyway, yeah. I don't know if you can see this in the video, but we got seagulls all over our little lake. Lone duck in the middle of the lake. It's not really a lake, it's a pond. It's a big pond, but it's a pond. Oh, there's some more ducks. O-S-A-R. And everybody's waiting for me to throw bread. Ducks are actually shadowing me now. Sorry, fellas. I got no bread. That one tried to talk to me. Hello, Steagall. Mine. Mine. Anyway. So yeah, 
Um, I can see a time band it's equal working. It would really need to be done by somebody who appreciates the surrealist humor of Monty Python. I mean, you get actors like Will Ferrell. It's very hot in comedy right now. I think Will Ferrell would make an excellent actor for it. Wouldn't want him to be one of the writers. Tina Fey's not bad, but she's She's dialogue and observational humor more than anything else. For truly off the wall, crazy stuff, you'd want someone like, uh, what's his name? I hate that I can't remember his name because the man's absolutely brilliant. Eddie Izzard. You'd want Eddie Izzard. You'd want, oh, who's that Irish guy? Don't know. There's a part of me that wants to say Joss Whedon because, you know, Joss Whedon is the writing god of the day, the modern day Shakespeare. But fact is, I don't see him doing that kind of surrealism well. His stuff almost always makes sense. And the uh, time of legends was not developed by people who had a strong grasp on things that made sense. Of course, if you could get them, I'd say Terry Gilliam, John Cleese, Michael Palin, Terry Jones, Eric Idle, if you could get him. But, let's face it, they're reluctant to even do a Monty Python get-together. So, the idea of doing a sequel to Time Bandits is probably a long shot. Well, hell, it's a long shot anyway, but would be nice. Came back to the writing, once again. I meant to talk about this over the walk and I just got sidetracked with a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, I am, haven't used Ride or Die in a long time. And so I was frankly more or less stunned at how much more productive I was using it today. Long time ago, I tried it and I was a convert. Thought it was amazing. Then I got to where I got good at just sitting down and just writing flat out. And then I got to where I felt like I didn't need write or die to do it anymore. So I didn't. And then I got to where it got harder to write and I forgot that it was because I didn't have that impetus anymore. And then, much like missing out on writing every day or walking every day, it's very, very easy to just slowly fade away on it. So, I'm glad that I 
opened it up again, gave it another shot, and reminded myself of just how powerful it is. How that little red bar tasks you. I don't actually mind the screen turning red. That doesn't happen to me really often. But man, that red bar along the top of the screen, the one that uh, tells you where you should be, constantly chases me. I beat it because when I'm motivated, I type fast, but man, it chases me. Anyway. So I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna get a nap. I'm gonna get up and I'm going to edit an episode of Envy the Rex. And then I can do whatever the hell I want with the rest of my day. Probably laundry. The rock star life of a published novelist. Incidentally, if you haven't already seen it, my new book, Invito Rex, is available for purchase at Kindle. I mean, Amazon.com or Smashwords if you're not in the U.S. and don't have an e-reader that uses Kindle. I mean, if you got like a Nook or something, you probably want to go to Smashwords. Invitorex is the sequel to The Hidden Institute. And while a few characters have moved over and the world is clearly the same, it is definitely not a uh, continuation of the previous story. Cliffy's story is more or less told. Of course, that said, I do have a place for him in the coming uh, coming novels. Also, Wister, which I lucked out because Nathan Lowell wrote a press release for the company that made Wister, talking about their new improved version with even more personal safety capabilities. Translation, they are making war robots. So, that'll be cool. Anyway, what else? Do, do, do. Oh, I wrote an article for that as well. You, you can find it on uh, thelookingglass.ca. You can find mine and Nathan's. I wrote a uh, short news story as one of the uh, reporters who was standing outside the Weston Hotel when Dizzy made his grand escape and was caught by the police and wet himself on national television. He, he, he. The moment of his true formation as a character. Anyway. 
anything new, not much really. I want to watch a real movie today. Kind of sick of watching family friendly stuff. I want to watch a Fight Club, Inception, Dark Knight, stuff like that. We recently got the uh, buddy cop film, The Heat, Sandra Bullock and Mary McDonald. I think that's right. The woman from Bridesmaids. She could be something awesome. Anyway, we bought The Heat because when we saw it in theaters, it was just lots of fun. It's one of those movies where Yes, the lead characters are both women, but it is clearly a cop buddy film. And that uh, no, was pretty cool. I don't know, it was just a lot of fun. And they started going on about Biff, Biff Tannen. From Back to the Future plays the uh, police chief. How cool is that? Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's old and tired and being beaten down all the time by one of his detectives. And when she starts going off on, has anybody seen the captain's balls? It's uh, it's pretty hilarious. Anyway, coming up on the house now. I'm honestly stunned that the recorder lasted this long. I'm glad that, that we got a chance to talk and hopefully we will do it again tomorrow.